Well, once again, we want to welcome you back to the uh, Palview Christian Church Sermon Series podcast. Uh, my name is Trey Hinkle. I am one of the pastors here at uh, Palview Christian Church in Palview, Oregon, in the uh, beautiful central Oregon area of our country. And uh, this podcast is basically a, um, a preview of what we're going to be doing on our weekend services. We have three on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.30, and then a traditional service at 11.30. But all three, they go through the same lesson that uh, we put on a podcast. And uh, so it's uh, been a great way of reaching out using this podcast to those who are not able to, or don't feel uh, quite uh, ready to come back into a public setting for worship. Uh, although you're always welcome to, if you're in the area, to swing in and say hi to us and, and uh, fellowship with us. Um, it would be wonderful to have you on one of these Sundays. Um, so right now, as I am doing this podcast, it is uh, Thursday, uh, and that would probably be Thursday the, uh, let's see, the, the ninth. So I, I always have to ask then, is, is, uh, are you done yet? Do you have all your Christmas shopping done yet? You don't want to be like that lady that I read of who waited until the last minute to send out Christmas cards. In fact, she, she hadn't even bought them yet, and she had rushed into a store, and the shelves were all empty except for like one package of 50 cards, right? And so she didn't even look at them. She didn't see what they said. She knew that they were Christmas cards, and so she grabbed them. She rushed home. She signed them, and then she addressed 47 of those, and she really never saw what the cards said. Now, on Christmas Day, when things had quieted down, she found the leftover cards, those three cards, and she was putting them away, and she opened it up, one of the cards, and it said inside, this card was sent just to say, a little gift is on the way. (laughs) And uh, she suddenly realized that uh, now 47 folks out there were expecting a gift to be coming from her. Whoops. See, that's what happens when you uh, find yourself in a rush. And um, ultimately, I'm hoping that uh, as you're listening to this podcast, if you are uh, worshiping with us this uh, Advent season, the the season that we're getting ready for uh, the celebration of Jesus coming into this world and preparing our hearts for that, that we have slowed down, that we have um, not rushed into buying a lot of things and going into debt and things like that. But, you know, it is... uh, the, the season for gifts. This year, millions of people are going to open millions of gifts, and some, some of those gifts are not going to fit, and some are going to be the wrong color, and some are going to be returned and exchanged because they just weren't right. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got a gift that does not need to be returned because it really was the perfect thing, the thing that was most needed? So if this is the season of giving, then let's focus in on giving today. And when it comes to the biblical account of Jesus' birth, you can't help but associate giving gifts with a certain group of men, the Magi, who had come from the East to worship the Christ child. But uh, though we include them in our nativity scenes, and we know the the story, we know the songs that are associated with these guys, uh, the Magi, also known as wise men, also sometimes known as kings, They are actually um, some of the most mysterious characters in the biblical account of Jesus' birth. Now, we we normally now think that there were three of them, though, you know, the Bible never says that. 
Uh, there may have been maybe a dozen or up to 20 for all we know. All we know from context clues is that um, there were three gifts given, okay? Just three gifts. And uh, it wasn't like one guy said, oh, I'll, I'll take care of the myrrh. And another guy says, I'll take care of the incense. And another guy says, I'll take care of the gold. No, it, it was probably a, a situation where this entourage, they were bringing gold. Everybody was bringing gold. Everybody was bringing incense. Everybody was bringing some myrrh as well. Um, also, from the context, we, we know that the Magi were not there at the stable, as uh, your nativity there at home probably shows. Uh, we are told, actually, the, that, that the Magi found Jesus in a house, not a stable. Now, they, they may have arrived as late as 18 months later, or two years later after Jesus was born. How do we know that? Well, because when Herod tried to kill Jesus... The parameters that he set uh, to search for these baby boys and to kill all of these baby boys in the region was two years old and under. If this was just a newborn, Herod would have said, go kill all the newborns. But uh, he knew that maybe there had been some time that had gone by, and so let's just, let's just be safe and say two years and under, go ahead and kill them. And so you know, the Magi may have been up to two years late to the party. The, the term magi indicates that they were most likely scholar astrologers from the region of Babylon, perhaps. They, they weren't kings. They weren't kings at all. They, they were astrologers. And in Babylon, and this is why people speculate that it was Babylon where they had come from, is because the Babylonians, you know, hundreds of years before had taken over that part of the world, and they had incorporated all of these other cultures into their culture the Jews were also taken into captivity. And, uh, and uh, Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, known by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had been uh, taken in. They, they were four of the people taken into this exile. Uh, and they st- Daniel stayed there for his entire life. Okay, So Babylon would have incorporated all of these people as they were bringing them into their to their country to their nation to their boundaries they would have begun to understand some of the mythology some of the theology some of the prophecies of all of these other uh, subcultures there the the hebrews being one of them so uh, the, the the people you know people have speculated that the magi would have learned of the, they would have known the hebrew prophecies from the time of daniel from that time of the exile, they would have known the Hebrew prophecies of a Messiah. And they would have known that this Messiah was supposed to be bringing peace to the world as the entire world was going to one day bow before this Messiah. Now, since Daniel was there at, at, at the exile, and he was then said to, to become the kind of the leader of the Magi in his day, it's kind of neat although it's not necessarily spelled out in Scripture, it's neat to think that maybe those magi that visited Jesus, the knowledge that they had about the star and the prophecy of the Hebrew Messiah, the king of, of the Jews, might have been passed down from Daniel himself. That's, that's really cool. Now, some, think, some folks think that the whole event would have been better if instead of wise men, Jesus was visited by wise women. In that case, they would have 
stop to ask directions so they would not have been late. Uh, they, they would have helped deliver the baby. They, they would have cleaned up the stable. They would have made a casserole. And they would have brought uh, practical gifts of, uh, like uh, diapers and wipes and formula. But, you know, that's an entirely different story because that's not how it happened. Now, the, the Magi story is found in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, which is the very first book of our New Testament. Uh, Matthew was one of four um, men who had written down some of the life events and ministry events and teachings of Jesus in order to show people who this man was, this, this uh, uh, rabbi, this itinerant rabbi from Nazareth named Jesus. And so we get a lot of Jesus' story, uh, a lot of his life, a lot of his ministry from Matthew. And Matthew actually goes all the way to the beginning in Matthew 1. And then in Matthew 2, it talks about his birth and it talks about these magi that come uh, to visit him. And it begins with a search. We read in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, who was the physical king of the Jews, by the way, at that time, this is Herod the Great, it says, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, where Herod would have set up his palace, and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. See, this this begins with a search, a search for fulfillment, they, they had heard of this prophecy. They had heard of the king of the Jews, and they were now searching for the fulfillment of that prophecy. I, I think that that's really how we should approach Christmas as well, to be searching for the fulfillment of the hope uh, of, of, uh, of a people for whom oppression was common, uh, whose land was constantly threatened, who, who were clinging to a promise of peace and blessing. You know, today people are no different they are still seeking fulfillment. They are still seeking peace. These wise men, the, the, the journey ended with a child there in the house, there in Bethlehem. But for those of us now living today, those of us who lived after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, that, that child found in the house in Bethlehem is really where our journey begins. It's where our search begins. The, the, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 17 that uh, it says God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps, perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. See, God knew that we would search for him because there is in each one of us a God-shaped hole, an emptiness that only God can fulfill. God, would, God actually created us with a longing, with a yearning to find him so that we would actually seek him the the way the Magi did. And and once we find him, we must be wise like they are, wise to recognize two very important, critical, if you will, responses that we must have when we come to Jesus. And we, we understand really who Jesus really is, and not just this little baby that would grow up to be a, a rabbi, a teacher who would be martyred because he just told people to be nice to one another, and, and the Romans didn't like that. that that's not the, the real baby in the manger, by the way. There, there was a purpose behind his coming. And, and once the Magi found Jesus, they realized that their response needed to at first be worship. Okay? That, that's ultimately why they were searching. 
Remember, when they came to Jerusalem, they declared their intent to worship the king of the Jews. And so then when they found them, that's exactly what they did. If you jump down to verse 11, the very first part of uh, verse 11 says, On coming to the house, the Magi saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Last week, we said that Christmas, through our eyes, must incorporate worship. A recognition that this baby was born for something much greater than any other child who had ever been born and ever will be born. There needed to be an understanding that the reason that this baby came was, yes, to, be, to grow to be a man, yes, to teach people about the heart of God, but who would eventually take upon himself the sin of the entire world so that there would be a way made back to the Creator for the creation. Now, depending on your church background, worship may mean a lot of different things to you. You might, you might think of uh, church uh, worship as singing and, and praying or, or listening to a sermon. You, you might think of ceremonies or, or candles. Uh, you, you might think of communion or offering. Now, I, I'll tell you this. Worship can include those elements, but worship is far more than just saying, you know, I, I'm, I like to come a little late to church because I don't like to be there for the worship time. I'll be there for communion and I'll be there for the sermon. And I'm thinking, well, those elements, communion and the sermon, that, that's part of worship. Worship doesn't start and stop with a, with a song or, or prayer. It, it cannot even be contained within an, a, a building for an hour on a Sunday morning. Worship is an expression of, uh, of the heart, responding to all that God is, all that God has said, all that God is doing and continues to do and has done. Worship is a mixture of joy and, and uh, reverence and wonder that uh, comes when we are aware of God's greatness when we know his goodness, when we um, know and have experienced his grace, it's this, this feeling of being awestruck when we realize that this incomparable God, uh, he's, so, he's got infinite might and glory and power and wonder. He chose to step down from his throne in heaven to be walking among us, to put on flesh, to be one of us. And he chose to be born in a manger, something very, very common, something very humble, uh, to, to a teenage girl in the presence of a carpenter on the floor of a stable. Why? So that we could come to him and not be afraid. So these guys got it. The Magi understood that their first response was to worship. But then their second response was then to do something about that worship, and it was actually to give in order to serve. Okay? Their second response is to give in order to serve. The second part of Matthew 2.11 is that they opened their treasures then and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. So let me ask you this. What if this year, instead of trying to buy the best kind of presents for your loved ones, what if you focused more on finding ways to share the Christmas spirit by giving, yes, by giving, but not by giving gift-wrapped presents, but giving something much more valuable than gold and incense and myrrh, but giving of ourselves. 
giving of our time, giving of our skills and our talents, serving other people this Christmas. Isn't that really the real reason for Christmas? Jehovah God, the creator of the universe, giving to his creation because he loved them so much. Giving to them the means by which we can be freed from the penalty and the power and the presence of sin. Giving us a gift that allows us to be made right with God. God so loved, so loved the world that he gave. And so Jesus came, as he himself said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. By the way, what's, what's so ironic is Jesus has said this there in Matthew chapter 20. Immediately after the mother of James and John have asked Jesus if her two boys, James and John, could have the best seats of power in the coming kingdom. Now all the other disciples were, were told by Matthew were indignant with the two brothers. And, and you have to ask yourself, well, why are they indignant? I mean, are they... Are they they're just mad that these guys are so uppity, so conceited that they wanted those seats of power? Or was it maybe, as I kind of have a feeling that it was, uh, because the other ten hadn't thought about that themselves, that James and John, and they got their mama to say this, and, and they asked first, and man, why didn't I think about that? At any rate, Jesus calls all of the, the disciples together, and it was, it was like one of those real come-to-Jesus meetings, okay? And Matthew tells us uh, there in verses 25 through 27 of chapter 20, he says, you, this is what Jesus says. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over the Gentiles, okay? Their high officials exercise authority over the people. Not so with you. That's pretty, pretty plain, pretty blatant what Jesus is saying. He says, I don't want you to be like that. Instead, he says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And then that's when he lays it on them, the fact that he himself had come to serve, not to be served. So the giving of oneself, the, the, the serving of other people, that's what we as Jesus' disciples are really called into, folks. And what better time to begin than in the season when we remember what God has done for us, that he had given us a gift, that he served us. And we also remember the, the gifts that the Magi in service brought to Jesus. Now, now maybe you, like many other people, find it hard to know where to start. Uh, you, you know, we've been living in this pandemic now for a couple of years, and it's caused a lot of people to just kind of, I don't know, retreat into themselves. So I want to give you some practical uh, tips, and, and I got this from a website. This is not to anything that I have come up with necessarily uh, on my own. Um, some of these thoughts are mine, but um, you know, I, there was a website that was kind of talking about serving this Christmas, and they discussed four questions to ask to help you or your family or your life group or maybe just a, a group of friends or neighbors uh, trying to figure out how to best serve in Christmas this way, it, it helps you be wise in, in choosing a place to serve. Question one, who do I know who can help or who could use help? Sorry, who do I know who could use help? Now, if you take a moment, I, I want you to kind of turn over in your mind all of those people that God has put into your life right now. 
Do you know, for example, elderly individuals who live near you and might need help this year? An offer to assist them with yard work or, or putting lights on their house or shoveling snow when that finally hits. Um, that's going to be one practical way to serve. M- maybe you have a friend or a coworker who's going through a tough time. Um, maybe they are divorced uh, or going through a divorce. Maybe, maybe they're single. Uh, or, they don't have family to go to. Maybe an invitation to a Christmas meal or just a, a meal over the weekend. Um, or, or maybe delivering some Christmas cookies w- would mean a lot to that person. Uh, people like that are feeling especially lonely around the holidays. You, you need to know that. We are told that God has determined the time and the place for us to live. That means those at your work, those in your neighborhood, those that attend church with you, those people God has intentionally put into your life for some reason. No, often that reason involves you know our own encouragement and edification. I, I know that many uh, of you serve me in so many ways, and I I am better because of that. But I also believe strongly that in many cases the reason that God puts me into the lives of other people is not that they would serve me, but that I would find a way to serve them, that I might see their need and be able to respond to that need. Every need that I become aware of, if God has given me the means, and however that looks, if I have the means to meet those needs, then I believe that God has put us in the exact spot at the exact time for that purpose. Question two, how can I serve wisely with my resources? And that's, the word wisely in there is intentional because a lot of times people don't want to just give if they don't think that that gift is going to be appreciated or even helpful. So how can we serve wisely with our resources? Well, sometimes it's it's great to bless a family with an unexpected Christmas meal and, and, and presents and, and maybe even a tree. We've done that before. When I was doing youth work, we would adopt a family and we would get all of those things for the people. Um, like that first question, who do I know who could help? Um, like that one suggests, maybe we know of a family who maybe they've already shared with us that they're struggling this year. And so God may be leading us to provide some of the blessings like a a meal or a presence or a tree to that family. However, I also know this. Sometimes if you just burst into a family's home with all of those things uh, and you intended them to be blessings, well, that may actually be an embarrassment to that family that that did not want anybody to know of their struggles or or maybe feels now horrible because they can't provide something for the kids themselves and somebody else had to do that for them. And, And so this... A website that I ran across suggested that it might be wiser to actually find organizations that have already have systems in place that they they have already known how and they have already been involved in blessing families in our community. Uh, they they already have the experience. They they have accountability for use of the funds that come in. Groups that that know the best ways to help families out by and in doing so they preserve the the family's dignity and are able to, to bless. Now, if you go that route, you might consider contributing then financially in a way so that you know that the gift that you give is going to actually help and it's going to have the greatest impact. Now, ideas of organizations that do that in our area, well, there's the Shepherd's House. 
there's Bethlehem Inn. There's the Pregnancy Resource Center. There's our own Project Love. Uh, you may know of other ones that are perfectly fine. So that's how we can serve wisely with our resources. Number three, how can I serve wisely with my time? It's a great question to ask. You see, the holidays are often a great time to actually give time to other people. That, that, that's why we started out with slow down. Two weeks ago, we talked about, you know, maybe what you need this year is just to slow down. Why? Because now maybe you'll have some time if somebody else needs you to step forward and give of your time. Now you have some time to give. See, it's not just about money or resources. In many, many, many cases, your time is the most powerful way to show people that you care. Now, again, because of the pandemic, a lot of people are, uh, they see the more traditional ways of serving uh, maybe a little bit dangerous uh, or limited, at least. Uh, they're cautious. Uh, for example, you might not now be able to go visit the folks in the care facility due to concerns over their health. Uh, if you go and you do the caroling, for example, and, and you're going over to the regent's uh, house, uh, that's going to be happening uh, in a couple Sundays. Um, if, if that's what you do, maybe you're not able to go in anymore. Maybe you're not able to go into the, the community room. Maybe, maybe you have to stand outside to sing through the window. I don't know. There, there's, there's some limitations now, and I, and I get that. But there are still ways that you can serve with your time in a wise way. And again, this website that I found gives a, a few suggestions. First of all, it reminds us that there are food pantries in our community all over the place. And they always can use extra hands during this time of the year. Um, when it gets cold, the number of folks looking for shelters, that grows during the cold months. You know, about a month ago, a few of us visited with a, with a guy there in Redmond who was helping to get the Shepherd's House up and running in Redmond. And I asked this guy what we could do as a church to help because they're trying to transform this building that served as the uh, worship site for Grace Gate Church. It's right behind uh, uh, Mazatlan and uh, Cindy's Chinese Food on Highway 97. Um, anyways, they're trying to transform that into their Redmond facility. And so, and I know that a lot of you, a lot of our congregation, they actually have the capability, the ability to be able to work and, and lend their expertise and their skills. But he said, you know, even more than that, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for that later. But right now, what is most needed during the winter months is meals to be served at various locations in Redmond. And so Highland Baptist Church uh, there in Redmond has uh, been uh, opening up their place for about a month and a half now uh, for uh, people needing a night shelter, a place to sleep, and a good hot meal at night, and then a some kind of um, uh, breakfast-lunch kind of combo that they can take with them as they leave. They've been hosting that. Well, this Thursday... Um, all the way through February 15, the Redmond Winter Shelter is going to be hosted by the Mountain View Fellowship, which is just down the street from the Highland Baptist Church there in Redmond. Uh, they are there on Southwest 35th Street. Uh, sites like, um, like Highland Baptist and like uh, Mountain View Fellowship. And then after uh, February 15th, it's going to be at uh, the Redmond uh, Christian Church there in Redmond. Those sites want to provide more than just a safe place for people to stay the night. That they want to send them off with a warm breakfast uh, as they 
leave the facility the next day. And so there, uh, we were told that there are many opportunities for groups and families to, to be able to, to be involved in serving those folks, either dinner or uh, breakfast the, the day before. But obviously, that's going to take a little bit of time. Time. And that may be the best way of showing love to people is our time. Now, many people might still be a little wary of interacting with people close up. And you probably know that most people living in nursing homes and other care facilities feel particularly isolated during the holidays, but you don't want to go in, or maybe you're not even allowed in, but you know what? Sending them a Christmas card or a note of encouragement takes a little time on your part. But man, what what a powerful way to show these people that they are not forgotten and that they're still loved. And then finally, another practical way to serve is maybe to recognize that single moms and, and families with uh, special needs children, they're especially grateful for help with child care around the holiday season because that gives them freedom to shop uh, or provides a respite during a particularly busy season. So that was question three. How can I serve wisely with my time? Finally, question four, and I love this question that was on the website because it shows that this is not just a once a year thing. It says, how can I make serving something that actually goes beyond the holidays? See, if you're interested in serving in an ongoing way throughout the year, there's going to be ways of doing that and people are going to be very grateful. Now, if you attend Powell Butte Christian Church and you're just listening to this podcast, I I want you to know that uh, maybe it's time for us to begin a comfort and care ministry or a visitation ministry. And if that is something that God is putting on your heart, I, I want you to let us know. I want us to be praying for our leadership to have the wisdom and the insight to implement that kind of ministry in the best way possible. Because that could be a, such an awesome ministry where people can serve in practical ways that throughout the year that fit in with their schedule and fit in with their skill set. You, you could serve every week at a place. You, you could serve maybe every so often. Anyway, that that was just a thought that I had as I was kind of writing down these thoughts. As Christians, we we need to resist the temptation that's always there to just focus in on our own needs and our own desires, to focus inward. Our culture is rapidly turning inward. We we must understand that when we become self-focused, we will always miss the opportunities to bless other people. Those people who are struggling in the same ways that you are struggling, by the way. So the Bible shows us through the uh, example of the Magi. We need to be people who look outward. Who allow our worship of God to permeate our lives in such a way that it leads us to then serving in very practical ways. By the way, those gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh would probably have... Uh, been used um, to fund the journey that Joseph and Mary had to take immediately afterward. Because when the Magi did not return back to Herod, but they went home a different route, Herod got so incensed, and that's when he decided that he wanted to uh, pull the trigger, so to speak, and kill all the baby boys in that region born two years old and under. And so an angel told Joseph in a dream, get Mary and the baby and get out of here. Go down to Egypt so that the baby is safe. I'll let you know when it's time to come back home. How would this family just pick up stakes and leave so quickly? Well, they had some gold, they had some incense, and they had some myrrh. 
myrrh being a, a spice that you would use to bury bodies, incense that would be used in worship of a deity, and gold, of course, being gold. Uh, all three very valuable things, and that most likely financed a trip down to Egypt and back, and, and actually may have even sustained them while they were down in Egypt. Very practical gifts that were given that worship led them to do. So look outward this year, giving your time and your talent and your treasures to other people this holiday season might be more important than ever. Because not only will it show love to your neighbors, but it will encourage you to push back against that temptation to be so self-centered, to be so self-absorbed, focusing in only on yourself. Have you ever heard the story, the short story by the, the American author O. Henry? It's, it's called the, the Gift of the Magi. It's about a, a turn of the century, uh, 1890s to 1900, 1910s. It's a, it's a young couple, very much in love, but very, very poor. And the first Christmas that they spend together as a married couple, they don't know if they would even have money to give anybody each other a gift. We are told by the author that uh, the wife has this beautiful long hair, and, and the husband wanted to do something for her um, with her hair, and, and, and he had a, a, a beautiful pocket watch that had been handed down for generations, but he did not have any kind of chain to uh, uh, hold it securely while he was doing life, you know. So it, it said that the lady took her hair and cut it off, sold it, because during that time a lot of people would sell their hair um, to wig makers and such, and as she did that, she had enough money to buy him a chain for his pocket watch, and uh, O. Henry loved to put little twists in his stories, and it turns out as she gave him, as he came home one day and saw her haircut, he was flabbergasted, and she said, no, honey, I, I, I did this for you so that I can give you this. He opened it, and there was a chain for his pocket watch, and he started to laugh. He said, I sold my pocket watch. She goes, well, why did you do that? He said, so that I could buy you these, and she opened up her present that he gave to her, and there were combs to tie up her beautiful long hair that was no more. That, that's the story of the, the gift of the Magi. What an amazing insight that O. Henry gives us. The spirit of this young couple connecting with the spirit of the Magi that were bearing sacrificial gifts for Jesus. Okay. I know that we want to please Jesus to give our best to him, and I hope you're coming to the understanding that in order to give gifts to Jesus, we must be people who are willing to sacrifice what is most important to us in order to serve the needs of those around us. Are you willing to give your gold and your incense and your myrrh and your pocket watch and your hair so that people who are in need can see practical evidence that they do mean something, that they are of worth to their Heavenly Father, and they are valuable to God's people. I was at a service down at my dad's church in Ukiah, California, several years ago, when I heard his youth minister, who's now actually their senior pastor, after my dad stepped down. And he was preaching that day, and he was preaching about a need that he had recently come across, uh, they're in uh, San Bernardino, California, and, and that was um, a need to give shoes to a shelter, uh, to a local shelter. Uh, pe people had enough blankets and things like that, but they really needed shoes. 
So at the end of his sermon, uh, he challenged the church, those listening to him, to leave church that day without their shoes. And, and then um, as we were singing our response song after the sermon, he uh, encouraged us to bring up our shoes to the stage and leave them there as we left. And that would be our donation to that uh, local shelter. Now, at the time, the Ukaipa church down there was running about 1,500 people. And it turns out, after the Sunday morning services, at least 1,000 people left that day not wearing shoes. They had given up their shoes. That doesn't have to be a big thing. But if you are to give the gift of the Magi to Jesus, you must be willing to serve in some way. And not just you, but teach your kiddos how important it is to focus on other people. Like the year that I was living in Napa, California, when my wife and I took our girls, when they were really, really early, uh, young age, to deliver blankets and sandwiches in our community on Christmas Day. You know, that gave our kiddos not just great memories, but we gave them a gift to show them how important it was to give, to serve. Understanding that in order to serve Jesus best, we must serve others throughout our lives. And in doing so, we showed them that they might not get what they necessarily wanted that year, but they sure got what they needed. And that's ultimately what this season should be about for us as well. All right, well, that's uh, the uh, message that I'm going to be bringing to the people on uh, Sunday. And um, if you're listening in, I, again, thank you for doing that. And if you're a faithful listener, we, we sure appreciate that. We'd love to hear from you sometime just to let us know that you've been listening and, and how this uh, podcast has been blessing your life. Um, and again, if you're ever in our area, you're invited to see us in person. That would be awesome. Again, I, I love to thank the people that make this possible for Steve Pittman, who uh, uh, just he, he does a lot of stuff electronically and sound and, and all of that uh, beautiful stuff, getting our uh, internet up and ready. I want to thank Lisa Welly, whose idea it was to put this on a podcast. And so she takes um, my podcast every week and she uh, makes it sound better and uh, puts some music to it, and she makes sure it gets up on all of the podcast places. So I want to thank Lisa Welly as well, and I just want to thank you for uh, tuning in and for uh, listening. Uh, May God bless you this year as you seek to serve other people as God has served you. We'll talk to you next time.